subatomic gigantic occasion was a sweep in Japan nation when along came a dude with an ultra attitude, a common Morado, the greatest kicker of Japan. And of all man. Last you short now, baby. To not talk big now, baby. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to a brand new episode of Kaiju Conversation. I'm your host, Elijah, and joining me as always, my lovely co-host and editor. Hello, I am Rex. And we are back at it again for the third episode in this month's October month. Ooh, it's getting, damn, we're getting close to the end of the year already. What, where, where, where? where yeah, we got, go? we're, we're really close to Halloween and Christmas Whoa. stuff is already going out in, in stores. And then, yeah, no, like Godzilla minus one is like coming out. <laughs> like we're almost down. Like it's getting really close for that. That November 1st release date for the premiere. Right. It's crazy. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't like this is insane. Mm. This month like has flown the. September was very fast. Some, September was a very fast month. Honestly, yeah, it, it actually has. I've noticed this week in particular felt really fast. Kind of too it, fast. I don't like how fast it's been. I agree. I agree because, and this is kind of jumping ahead here, um, but like, I didn't actually watch any tokusatsu or kaiju stuff this week. Wow. Yeah, like I, I honestly like between editing a video for the the YouTube channel and conducting an, an interview for the YouTube channel and then, you know, typical work stuff driving to and from the office and and my actual job and like trying to sleep, like I've just been crazy busy. Sleep? What's up? Honestly, I like it's been crazy. I'm I'm exhausted. Like I've been sleeping a like trying to sleep more lately. I can tell I'm kind of I'm kind of tired. It's been a long, <laughs> long, long, long couple of weeks. See, the Very more busy. I sleep, the more tired I am. See, I'm worried that that's kind of where I'm getting, but I can't really do that. <laughs> I'm trying to work on you know some short films, get them finally done trying to, you know, get get some stuff set up for my my YouTube channel, you know, Kaiju Conversation, where we're, like, doing a ton of stuff. And, yeah, it's it's been crazy. So, but, I mean, enough about me. We'll, we'll, you'll, you'll come back around to me. But first, how have you been, man? Uh, pretty good. Quite busy. Uh, more so than I expected to be. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're on your holidays right now, so... Yeah, but I've mostly been working, doing kaiju conversation, and then building stuff for other people. So That's yeah. right, that's right. A lot of doing stuff recently. I haven't really had a lot of time to just sit down and relax. Yeah, I, I get that, I get that. Because, I mean, I, like my day off, I have two days off a week. But my day off this week, um, I mean, one of them is devoted for podcast stuff. The other mm -hmm. one is like my day where I'm I usually relax and like watch movies and just enjoy my time. But like I was cleaning my car. I had a video to edit. I had to clean my house, specifically my kitchen. Um, 
like I've just been busy. And then like, I've had some, some packages come in and like, I've had to put that stuff up and mm -hmm. yeah, no, I've been, I've been busy working and doing everything else that I haven't put a lot of attention to. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that next week's a different story. I'm kind of hoping that now that we're kind of done with the grind a bit that we're uh, like, I can, I can, you know, step back from the, the cleaning and, and the working and the editing and, and kind of do some videos or not video, just, you know, watch some movies and, and, you know, maybe pick up Ultraman 80 again. Cause I haven't touched in a couple of weeks. Mm, disappointing. I know I'm a, I'm a disappointment to society. Yeah, for real. Well, I mean, I've just, I've been, I've been busy. Like, um, I, I was on the phone with uh, my friend Danny the other day and we were talking and he was, uh, we, we got onto the topic of like our, our creative endeavors. And I was like, you know, I've got this short film that I shot. That's not very good, but, you know, it was kind of a way for me to get out some some depression I was in at the time, but I never finished it because there were some lines I needed recorded and the person I had cast just never sent me the, the audio. And uh, he was like, well, it's a shame you don't know anybody who would gladly help you for the, the few lines you have. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm going to work on that. Um, I'm kind of hoping this weekend as of this recording, I can... Uh, come by the studio here and uh and record some audio lines for that and like get that done i'm kind of planning on doing a rollout of all of my short films i feel like it's enough time has passed that i should start uploading those to my my youtube channel <laughs> um, i see just just for fun you know sos seek shelter came out and and i a lot of people seem to like that one um I'm not saying the rest of my stuff's good, but I'm kind of I'm kind of like let's let's start putting out some of my my portfolio. Just get it out there, you know, people can people can can think what they want to think, but you know, it's you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere with this. That was my line. Screw you. So, I mean, I've got that and then I'm working on another one that's kind of like a horror short film that kind of was the precursor to SOS Seek Shelter. Right. So um you've seen a still. It's it's where like that I had the black light and whatnot. I'm I'm sure I have. I don't really remember very well. That's fair. But no, I, I've got that on Sorry, I, I actually stole my memory from you that day. <laughs> um I actually so I found out that some of the footage I shot for that has officially went like missing it's gone so i'm gonna have to go and what's funny is the stuff that's missing is my reshoots damn so the stuff i read i i shot i have to redo um now the good thing is it's all like establishing shots and stuff i don't need an actor for there's only one shot where i need an actor so what i'm gonna do is i gotta find somebody to drive my car because it's my car we're using um because I got to film like out the window. Like when we did reshoots, I was literally hanging out the window. <laughs> we're filming. Hoping to God, a police car didn't drive by. <laughs> Cause I, there, I mean, what Ooh, do you dude, do with that? 
sorry, officer, I had to get this shot for my short film. I had my seatbelt on, but like I was still leaning out the window. Half my body was. <laughs> I'll do hey. better next time. Like, I, I don't know how yeah, you explain I'll get that. my friend out the window instead of me. Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, I I messaged. Wait, did I message somebody about that? Or did I just think about messaging him? And he and I never. Oh, I never. Hang on. I got to message him. I totally forgot to message him. Going but uh, I also found out. Uh, so the person that initially I filmed with, I, I, I'm not, we're not on speaking terms now. So there's one shot where I need his hand. So I'm going to have to like cast somebody to do that hand shot, which is funny because we were in our interview that's been out by now. I was just going to say, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to do I'm, those Nolan hands? I'm going to have to do a Nolan hand. Now, it can't be me because my complexion will not match up. Um, right. But I know somebody who, if it's just the hand, it should be okay. So I got to message him and see if I can just, like, drive up to his uh, his dorm, have him jump in my car, have his phone buzz, and reach down to grab it. And then call it a good. <laughs> so, yeah, I got to I gotta do some Nolan hands. Um, right. And then, like... Huh? Just don't even tell him what it's for. Just say, hey, can you do this for me? And don't give him any context. I'll offer him a candy bar. I'll be like, do you want a Mr. Good bar? <laughs> there is a joke there. Catering budget. Yeah, yeah. There is a joke to be had with that Mr. Good bar joke that he would get, but only him. Nobody else would get that. So that's just like, everybody's like, like, why Mr. Good bar? What the hell, man? Yeah, yeah. It's like he, I mean, he'll never listen to this. So I, you know, it's, it's kind of a stupid thing now that I said that I should reconsider some stuff. <laughs> no, but, uh, I got that. And then I also have to like dub his audio because I never had him do the ADR I needed for that. So now I have to find somebody to like record his lines so I can dub it. Um, which I have somebody in mind. I haven't reached out and asked them yet, but uh, no, I I'm 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 planning on on doing that. I'll get those two out. I'm hoping by the end of the year. Um, it'd be nice if I got the horror one out in October, just for timely manners. Um, so who knows? Maybe by the time this episode's officially out, like you'll you'll be able to hear it or see it. I don't know. Um. But no, I've got that, and then uh, working on some other side projects, kind of waiting on some agreements and contracts before things can move forward on some of my other big projects. Ooh. And uh, yeah, like uh, I'm working, I just finished the screenplay for something that I'm hoping in November or December I can officially announce. Um, nothing too fancy, but just a, just a little fun thing that... Uh, me and some friends are doing for a project and uh yeah so i've been busy i've been busy things have been crazy over here in in the world of et and uh i mean it's 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 fun it's it's a lot of fun that's good 
So I know I already said that I haven't watched any kaiju or tokusatsu. I did watch a movie, but before I talk about my movie I watched, did you did you watch any kaiju or tokusatsu, J-Horror? Um, I've gotten a little further into Ring, the final chapter. Uh-huh. I think I've watched like one or two episodes more since the last recording, so I'm just slightly over halfway through. Uh-huh. Um, they're finally sort of talking about Sadako. The changes are getting more and more changes <laughs> are occurring. Um, and... I've also recently started back up. I recently restarted Death Note, the anime series. Oh, really? Yes. You talking about the live action movie, it's made me go like, hey, maybe I should start Death Note again. And thus I have. I feel like I mentioned it last time, but I don't remember. (laughs) I think you did. I think you did. Now that I think about it. But yeah, outside of that, I have watched a grand total of one tokusatsu movie. Oh, wow. That's not a lot. Hey, it's better than you with a grand total of zero. You don't have to be mean. Can you tell us what you're... Can you tell us what you watched, or is that does it have to do with the episode we're talking about? It has to do with the episode. And that, you know, that... That brings up a very good question. Well, before we get into that, I did watch a movie that I, you know, kind of left field for me. Um, I ended up watching the 1978 Zombie 2. (laughs) What, like the the Fulci movie? Yes. Yeah, Uh, I would not have expected that from you in in like a million years. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, I have a few hours before recording and I'm going to I'll just watch this for for some more context. And uh, yeah, yeah, I watched it. So did you so did you like it? It was OK. It was OK. Um, There was a lot of nothing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Have you seen the movie? No. OK. So I won't spoil it, but there's just a lot of moments where it's just kind of like, okay, we're just padding the runtime, I guess. I don't know. Right. Maybe, maybe it's, I don't know. It, Italian films infamously are like kind of schlocky. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, it's been a long time since I've watched just a schlocky movie that wasn't outright bad. Or intentionally schlocky, because I mean, I haven't really watched a Japan like I've watched so much Japanese content that like I, I'm I'm kind of getting used to it. Right. That's that's my consumption is Japanese television and and you know Japanese movies. Maybe they're dubbed, but that's about it. Like the last Voyage of the Demeter was the last American movie I watched. Before that, I or no, it was Ten Cloverfield Lane. Before that, it was The Last Voyage of the Demeter. So, like, I haven't, I haven't watched a whole lot of like American movies. Right, um, most of my zombie... American movie consumption nowadays is just like movies I see in the theater, or like the occasional thing I watch on Netflix with like friends or family. Right. 
see, I like this. So in October, like I, I plan on going and seeing the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else. Ooh, that's Saw it. 10 comes out next week. I'm looking. See, I haven't seen that. a single Saw movie, and I don't think I can. I I don't, I don't know. I have a problem with like puncturing. Hey, don't worry. The first Saw has like barely any gore, so you'd be okay. This is true, but there's a scene in one of the sequels with needles, and it, it I struggle yeah, with that. Well, I, I I'd struggle with that. Well, hey, Saw Ten it takes place before Saw Two. Oh, so you're saying? But isn't there also a prequel? Isn't Jigsaw a prequel to Saw One? Mm, yes and no. Not really. Not really. But was like, that the one with Samuel Jackson? No, that's Spiral, and he's barely in it. Is that the one that's a prequel? No. Is it a sequel? It's like a spinoff. Where do, where does it sit in the timeline, though? Like, it's the most recent in the timeline. Oh. And still will be after Saw 10. Oh. Unless there's a massive twist that, oh, Saw 10 takes place in the future or something, and Jigsaw's in space. Oh. Which would be a fire-ending twist, by the way. Where does Sadako appear in it? That's a great question. When are we getting the Saw Sadako crossover? These are the important questions. These are these are Literally. the very very important questions. But no, I enjoyed Zombie Two. Um, it's also known as Zombie. It was fun, but it was also just kind of noise. The best thing about it was the gore. Which is weird. I'm starting to appreciate gore. I think that's a problem. I think I'm becoming the demented person everybody thinks I am. Hey, there is nothing wrong with liking gore in movies. I'm not insane. Mm, Are you sure about that? Not shut. Hey, look, man. We don't need to talk about that. So let's, let's talk about that. So where did this begin for you? Paint me a picture. Um, okay, probably the day when I woke up covered head to toe in blood. And what day was this? Um, well, I don't remember the exact day, but it would have been when I was about six years old. Uh-huh. Yeah. And why did you wake up covered in blood? Because I was bleeding in my sleep. I see, I see. And do you believe this created childhood trauma that now resonates deep within your soul that creates this tension and this craving for blood? No, but it is one of my favorite stories to tell people. And are you sure that you truly are a fan of blood or do you think it's something that just you are afraid of and it's locked away somewhere and you need somebody to help you walk through your deepest, darkest fear? No. And why do you feel that way? Because I like gory movies. They're cool. Blood is cool. Have you ever considered It's like it's like it's like toppings or extra flavor. It's like it's like putting sauce on your movie, you know? You put sauce you put tomato okay. sauce on your food, you put blood in your movie, you know? Okay, okay. So are you and saying I put a that lot of, I put a lot of sauce on my food? So I guess similarly, 
conversely, I like a lot of blood in my movies. Okay. So have you ever wanted to recreate the events of a movie in real life? No. Have do you play violent video games? Are you trying to sell are you trying to diagnose me? Why would you think that? <laughs> do you are do you think you have something? Are you are you afraid of admitting your diagnosis? No. But I will say one of my favorite games of the recent years that Never mind, I don't play a lot of games nowadays, but um, one of the most recent modern games I've played was Doom Eternal, and that game is absolutely brilliant, and, and it is brilliant partly because it's brutal as hell. Uh-huh. So, I, I, I let mean, me... I can't sweat midway through that sentence. So, you love blood. You love brutality. Yes. Have you ever considered attacking somebody? No. Not even your co-host? Okay, well, look. Okay, I think we're getting somewhere. Look, that's a different story. That has nothing to do with this. So let's hear about that. Why do you feel that way? Because it would be funny. So do you find it humorous to hurt other people? Only you. Should I be scared for my life right now? Yes, at G-Fest, yes. And where does your deep-seated hatred for your co-host come from? Because I think it would be funny. And why is it funny to think that your co-host could die? Because it's funny. And why aren't you making this bit remotely funnier? Stop! 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 I will mute you. You're muted. I'm done. Mm-mm. Nope, I'm not doing this. Uh-uh. Nope, you can suck an egg. You're done. We're not doing this. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Stop. Don't even think about it. I swear to fucking God, I will murder you in your goddamn sleep. And who was the one that was trying to diagnose me for for being a You literally boss? made my heart skip a beat. It's not funny. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I swear to God, I'm not doing it. It's not funny. It's not. It's really Wait, funny. I did watch Tokusatsu. Oh my See, god! I'm genius. I did watch. See, no, all you need I did not. I did not. Stop! 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 <laughs> stop! Stop! Okay, we need to stop. We need to move on. Oh my god! As actually, my heart was starting to pump, and my breathing was starting to like. Like when so when I get really sleep deprived, they get really paranoid. So like, this is really embarrassing. Like when I watched Jew on White Ghost, Black Ghost, like I would walk in the kitchen. I think I was on the phone with you. I didn't tell you this, but uh, after I watched the two movies, like that sound was like echoing in my head, and I swear <laughs> to God, like I felt like Kayako was about to crawl from my living room to my kitchen and kill me. Like, I, when I'm sleep-deprived, I'm paranoid. Now I hope you get to see, like, uh, beginning of the end. And I, I would like to. Um, but before we get into our main topic, yes, I did forget. I did actually watch two tokusatsu movies, so I one-up you. I one-up you because I watched more minutes. So, oh, yes, so I watched Juon right. White Ghost and Juon Black Ghost. 
which were the 10th anniversary movies in honor of Juwan the Curse. And they don't have really any big connection to the Juwan universe. They're 60-minute they're Toei V Cinema films. But I think they were released theatrically, so they're technically not V Cinema. Um, I mean, it was like a limited theatrical release, which is normal for like Toei's V Cinema, because like the common right of V Cinemas and the Sentai ones always get like gotcha. a limited theatrical. Yeah, so I release. mean, they were okay. They weren't anything special. The first one, White Ghost, is actually ridiculously funny. Yes, White Ghost is one of the funniest horrors I've seen in like. Wow, it's 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 the grandmother was hilarious. Um, there is a Toshio cameo, which is kind of redundant, and then there, no, it was in White Ghost. I mean, Black Ghost, and then Black. Remember, okay, because I knew he White Ghost. He was in just he he was just in White Ghost. Ghost. Black Ghost was actually kind of scary, um, but it kind of de evolved into basically Evil Dead Trap. And I wasn't a huge fan of that. It kind of, I mean, towards the end, it just became boring. Yeah, it's not very exciting. And it, do, and it only, like, doesn't really feel much like Juon. Right. Outside yeah, of and that's structure. one thing, too, is, like, there's certain, like, the rules of Juon did not follow through in these in this duology. And I didn't care for that. And one gripe I have is, so the Blu-ray I purchased... The way they did it, they're one movie. So White Ghost plays first, and then it, like, quite literally, there's no, like, intermission, there's no nothing. It just jumps to Black Ghost. And it plays Black Ghost, and then at the end, it has the Jew on White Ghost credits, and then it cuts to the Jew on Black Ghost credits. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, I did not like that. And there's no, there's... Not even an option to like watch one or the other. Oh, that's that's sucky. That sucks. I don't like that. Yeah, it was. I was really upset by that because I was going to watch White Ghost and then watch Black Ghost the following night. But because they were together, I was just like, screw it. I'll just watch both tonight. <laughs> um, which I guess it was good I did because that ended up being all I watched. Right. Um, but no, I you know they were okay at best. Um, nothing is going to beat the original Jew on the Grudge. Um, I mean, out of Jew on the Grudge, Jew on the Grudge Two, the Grudge, Jew on White Ghost, and Jew on Black Ghost, Ten Fours, and In a Corner, Jew on the Grudge is still the best Jew on movie I've seen. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like Jew on the Grudge Two. I need to rewatch that sometime because I don't really remember it. I remember thinking it was okay, but it kind of rehashed the first yeah, Grudge. I liked it. I mean, I liked how it a bit had a bit more of like an actual like cohesive storyline, yeah, cohesive narrative, and also it, Ichijo from *Kamen Rider Kuga was in it, so that bonus points. <laughs> but yeah, I don't remember too. I don't remember absolutely loving it. I just remember like liking it, right? I I think the thing I remember the most is like the horror of Kayako for me kind of was lost because I had seen Kayako already. So for me, Juwan 2, The Grudge, just didn't scare me as much. 
the first Jew on the grudge is horrifying, like absolutely horrifying. Um, but yeah, no, it Jew on white ghost and black ghost was okay. It was okay. <laughs> I'm curious what you'll think. So those movies. I I'm curious. I, I feel like I'm not going to like Jew on the curse too, but I might like Jew on the curse. We'll see. Uh, what will probably end up happening next is I'll watch The Grudge 2, The Grudge 3, and The Grudge, Ring to, The Ring 2, Rings, and then maybe uh, I'll find a way to get Sedico 3D and watch Sedico 3D. Yes. Do it. So, that's my hope, at least. <laughs> but no, I'm sorry, I totally forgot. I forgot to put those on my list of things I've watched this year. So I've corrected that and we've talked about it a bit. So, well, you know, I I have seen John White and Black Ghost before, but uh, I did not watch them in preparation for this episode. So, and I don't know, Yure aren't Yure aren't exactly zombies. So, what are we covering today? I don't know. I did watch the Fau- the is it Fauci? Fucci? Fulci. Fulci. I did watch the Fulci movie Zombie 2. Well, I didn't watch that, so you didn't tell me t- that we were doing that today, so shame on you. I don't know what we're covering then. Hmm. We should cover it. We should cover Resident Evil. That'd be so cool. Even though You mean Sweet Home? Starts- yeah, yeah, let's do Sweet Home, you know, the game the ga- the movie, sorry. That inspired the game that inspired Resident Evil. You know? Yeah, let's do that. Resident Even Evil though it's not a kind of brought about a wave of zombie media in Japan, you could say. It did. So Rex, what 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 should we cover? Oh, I also did watch this little uh, this little Japanese sci-fi horror film that I guess has zombies in it called Junk. Oh. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I watched Junk as well. Shocking. Shocking information. So we're going to cover it or what? Let's do it. Alrighty. So without any any more beating around the bush, yes, we are covering... Today's episode is on Junk from 2000. Yes, it was released January 22nd of 2000. It was inspired by George Romero in Luisio Fulci. And it's been labeled as, quote, the Japanese zombie in reference to Fauci's 1978 movie Zombie 2. Which is why I watched it. I was curious what the, uh, color, you know, what, what made, why they labeled that. Because there's also a movie called Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. Yeah, Japanese Evil which, Dead. Right. And I was kind of curious because they, they said it's kind of like that, like labeling that as the Japanese Evil Dead. And I kind of see it, but they're really just talking about how the zombies look. So. So do you want to do what we typically do, talk about production and then uh, go into the film and then what happened after the film and whatnot? Sure. Well, I can start off by saying that the director of this, um, his name is Atsushi Muroga? Muroga. Muroga. Yeah. Uh, he had only seen Night of the Living Dead prior to this movie. 
Um, but when he ended up doing junk, he decided to watch as many zombie movies as possible. And he just dove into the genre. And something he was known for doing was ripping off other movies. Right. A lot of people like the fact he did that. So he uh, went into this with the plans of ripping off movies. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those being Night of the Living Dead, Zombie 2, Zombie 3, Resident Evil, and uh, Dawn, uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, mm-hmm. I believe was the other one. I mean, well, you also take, there's very also, there's also very clearly some inspiration from, say, Alien as well. Yes. <laughs> inspiration. Right, because the main character, Saki, uh, she was... Envisioned uh, as the, like the, a Sigourney Weaver, Ellen Ripley type character and looked for an, and they looked for an actress similar that was reminiscent of Sigourney Weaver. Right. And all of this movie mainly came from Ring. You know, Ring came out in 1998 and it was a huge hit. And following that, we saw Japanese horror just boom. Right. And and also and, in 1996, there was also the fact that Resident Evil came out, which kind of is, I, I, you could argue that's kind of part of where like the zombie craze in Japanese media sort of really at least sparked up because there isn't a terrible amount that come that's like zombie uh, there's not a terrible amount of zombie media from japan that comes before it really right because i i did some research so in japanese media zombies aren't really popular mm-hmm. um and that's because one they don't actually do a lot of like burying the body in japan that's not something they typically do um Outside of that, there's just the respect for the dead. They don't, you know, it's not in their culture of them rising from the grave. Once they die, they're at peace. It's right. that honor. It's that respect. And it just, you know, it. there is like Zombie 2 was one of the big movies in Japan. Evil Dead, that franchise was very popular, even though those aren't really zombies. I mean, they're kind of zombies, not really. Um. But that stuff, that was really popular in Japan. But a lot of it was like grudges, yurei. There's not a lot of, in, in Japanese folklore, like in yokai and yurei and whatnot, there's not a lot of undead. There's not a lot of the undead. Um, Even like vampires aren't really prevalent. The closest to that would be the Yuki Ona. Um, but even then, the Yuki Ona is not really a vampire. Um, I mean, vampires came straight from, uh, you know, European horror in Japan. Um, your more Japanese vampires are very, uh, a very different take on the characters. Um, I think of like Goke Body Snatcher from Hell from 1967 when I'm talking about. Uh, oh, that's a vampire movie? Technically. Technically, it is. Um, well, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not really popular um, prior to this recording. I mean, I, I mean, I, I. what's funny is like a few episodes ago, like before we started Zombie Month, I said I was tired of watching Japanese zombie movies. Um, And then we had this month theme that was pre-planned, and I realized it after I said that, so... 
the universe was, is, has been punishing me, but I, I went on a deep dive um, prior to this recording on zombie movies from Japan. And the first one that I can find information about was 1991's Battlegirl, The Living Dead in Tokyo Bay, which I think I've read is considered the first zombie movie. But I also found somewhere where there's apparently one from 1983 called Zombie. I couldn't find like any info on it. It could have just been a Japanese release of like the Fulci movie. I I, I have no clue. Um, right. But I mean, it's either 1983 or it's 1991. Like that's there's nothing in between those two. Um. So stuff like that just you know didn't exist. And and prior to uh. Following Resident Evil, you had uh you you prior to Resident Evil, you had Ryuei Kitamura's short film Down to Hell. After and Resident then you Evil. had Resident Evil was ninety six. That did I not say after? Did I say before? Yes, you said before. Oh. Uh, following Resident Evil, you had Ryuei Kitamura's Down to Hell, a short film, and then you had Gaga do Wild Zero a movie called Embalming, and then you had this movie, Junk. Yeah, and actually another thing I heard that they based this off of, or at least took some inspiration from, was uh, Parasite Eve, which is another uh, video game that came out around this time. Specifically, like, with the villain zombie, the main antagonist zombie in this film. (laughs) Right, and in 1997, there was the Parasite Eve movie. Right. Which didn't do too well, to my understanding. It actually performed very poorly, but... um, And fun fact, Kashi Yamazaki worked on that one. He was one of the effects crew. Yeah. 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 And that's where he met his cinematographer that would go on and work with him on the Always movies and, like, Godzilla Minus One. Um that was their first collaboration was Parasite Eve from 1997. Oh, damn. <laughs> but this film started filming in spring of 1999. Okay. It was uh, filmed in Okinawa. Yeah. I mean, most but of the it was actually <laughs> the movie is set there, right? It was actually originally supposed to take place in Thailand. Huh. Um, and it was supposed to be filmed in Bangkok, but... So before I tell you why it wasn't, the original story was four gangsters meet at Kosan Road and plan a jewelry store robbery. That was, I mean, and we see that in the movie, but that's a much smaller part. Right. Um, what happened is the crew, which was of only 17 people plus the director, um, it was not a very big crew, but they had already made deals to go like they had already rented all of their equipment. They had the Thailand crew planned and set up. They flew out to Thailand. And once they got there, they found out a movie called the beach starring Leonardo DiCaprio (sighs) was filming in their locations and took all of their equipment and the crew they had already agreed to use and was working on that (laughs) film. So they had to fly back to Japan and redo everything. <laughs> so they flew out to Thailand, got told no by Leo DiCaprio, basically, got on a plane, flew back to Japan, rewrote the script, 
figured out they were going to film in Okinawa and then went to Okinawa and did all of their work. Right. <laughs> Damn. How much of the budget do you think that took? <laughs> Probably, I'd say a quarter of it. Honestly, yeah. That sounds about right, I'd say. I mean, it got to the point where during filming, the actual stagehands had to be the zombies at points. Local citizens in Okinawa were playing the zombies, and U- uh, U.S. military people were the ones in the movie. They were actual U.S. military personnel, and they were just doing it for a good time. They weren't even really doing it for pay. Yeah, you can tell the not actors yeah it's pretty uh it's pretty obvious <laughs> um, at least it I, I if it was fun for them then fair enough which i will say i do give the the director props because the when when filming this he wanted it to make it as extreme as possible like he he as had watched possible? a lot of huh as what as possible as extreme as possible. Oh. He wanted to do like a really extreme movie. Um, Cause I mean, one of his big influences was zombie from 1978, which is kind of extreme. It's got some gore in there. Um, but uh, as, as production continued, they found out they needed something for the gore. So they actually went to local supermarkets and purchased the meat and so during the movie, that's actual raw meat that the zombies are, like, grabbing and putting in their mouths. <laughs> Which I'm really curious if that got anybody sick. Probably. And they, so he actually, in the press release for this film, he brought up how it was like, this is what you have to do when you're on a budget. You go with what nature provides, not artificial stuff. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of funny. Um, I feel like I'm kind of taking the spotlight. Do you have any production info you have? Honestly, there wasn't very much I could get that you haven't already covered. I mean, you've essentially covered everything I've had. I had and more. <laughs> well, I have. I have one last thing before we could, I guess, dive into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have two other things following that on uh, production, like during filming and post-production and like the follow-up. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually originally plans to have kid zombies and them be killed, but the director didn't want to have kids being murdered on screen. So he ended up cutting that and just throwing the crew in for the scene that they were originally supposed to be there for. Huh. Do you happen to know what scene it is? I don't. Okay. I didn't get, there was no, uh, there was nothing about that. So that's, uh, that's all the info I have. The film was, uh, distributed by Japan home video theatrically. It looks like it was a straight to, you know, V cinema release, but it actually wasn't. It had a full blown theatrical release. Um, but I think that's honestly for the better. Like, I love that. It looks like a V cinema release, but it's not. Mm. I mean, it's, it's got that V cinema look, but I'd also say that the, I mean, if if it had like a better transfer than just like this, like fairly old DVD release, um, then honestly the film itself looks fairly nice for the most part. Like you've got, mm-hmm. it's got a low budget look, but the actual cinematography is 
is is quite competent. The lighting is for the most part quite decent, you know. Right. And you know, so, it's low budget effects, but they look pretty good, all things considered, for what you can only imagine the budget to have been. They do. So with that, do you wanna do you wanna dive into the film? Do you wanna kinda go ahead and explore it? Yes. Okay. Do you want to take us away here? Sure thing. So the film begins with uh, stock stock sound effect flashes as we uh, uh, just see different bottles of various objects such as fish in tanks and all that. And, you know, this is where we see the a group of scientists experimenting on corpses. The main mad scientist of sorts talks about how a substance known as DNX can, you know, bring potentially bring people back to life and that it's finally finished. Thus, he injects it into the naked corpse of a 26-year-old Japanese woman in front of him. And after a few seconds, her eyes open. Which, during this opening sequence, you you brought it up, and I'm going to reiterate here. We already see that the American actors, because they, they are speaking English. Yeah. They are speaking English. Um, but their line delivery is as, as hollow and as unemotive as you can, I think, get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty bad, and and all of the actors that are speaking English like that that's just the common theme with them is they do not have good good delivery or good acting like it's it's really bad. The acting in this movie is is not up to par with what it could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like that's one of probably the most obvious flaw just from the get go get go of the film. <laughs> it's just the yeah. acting with any actor that speaks in English. But yeah, the zombie, you know, gets up from her laid down position. They try asking her, her if she knows her name and then she bites off part of his neck, a mad scientist's neck, looks to the other girl in the room and then freeze frame on her screen. And then we get a very Terminator esque title sequence. We even get the music, like there's a da 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 da, right? Da 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 da. And I was like, mm, are we are we really doing Terminator music right now? I mean, Is even like even like having the like the freeze frame on like that second kill. It's very slasher movie esque. Like it, it's literally like a scene you'd see in like the first Friday the Thirteenth. Like the opening of that movie is like a first person perspective of Pamela Voorhees, Jason's mother, killing two teenagers, one of whom you like directly see getting killed. The other the second the girl, you just see her scream and it kinda of like flashes or uh like freeze frames on her face. Like that's a pretty common thing you see in slashes. Right. And I definitely felt uh I definitely felt like, hey, I'm s- there's a few things here that remind me of some slasher films I've seen. Kind of <laughs> taking a few nods and beats, taking a few beats from them. <laughs> right, right. 
No, and even with like the editing, like it's very fast paced, very kind of like. Oh yeah, especially in like the first like thirty ish minutes of the film, because like so from here, like we see a, a group of military soldiers um, pulling up to like a hospital and going after going to meet with a man named Doctor Nakata. Um, Do you think that was intentional? I, I actually had that thought. Like, is this in, is this intentional? This did come out just after Ring. <laughs> like, probably not, but you never know. Right, right. But yeah, essentially, Dr. Nakata is informed of the fact that there's a little bit of a zombie situation and that he, the the American colonel wants to meet with him. Then we get our title card and cut to... Uh, our actual main characters of the film. Right. Cause we have this weird thing where we're, we basically have two storylines. Mm-hmm. We have the military men and the professor, the doctor. Mm-hmm. And then we have our four main characters and their jewelry heist. Right. Which we also get some fun techno music while we get the setup to their heist with. The, oh yeah, I was gonna all. say I, I wrote down the techno music here, kind of fire. Yeah, I I love a good techno music drop in a <laughs> in a movie. And yeah, we continue with the fast editing as well, with like a lot of fairly quick cuts, all things considered. Right, it's crazy how fast the first thirty minutes feel. Right. I mean, the movie just gets rolling very quickly, which honestly I appreciate. Right. But I will say it does slow down, and I'll talk about that once we get to the point where it kind of slows down a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, But then we get this kind of walking moment where they're all walking towards the jewelry store, and they, like, one by one get together. Your yeah. three hitmen, Jun, Kabu, and Akira, mm-hmm. which... Akira is is very clearly the whipping boy of the group. <laughs> um, we also have Saki, the woman in the car, who's basically they, the getaway driver. Right, and they put their masks on, get their weapons out, and they go into the store and start stealing everything. Mm-hmm. Every bit of jewelry that they can find. Unfortunately for Akira, however. One of the ladies in the store stabs him through the foot. And this leads to, uh, I want to say it was June. June uh, gets his gun. and Yeah, it's June uh, who just shoots her. And then they get Akira and they, like, get out. Yeah. But not without some jewelry. They get out, they get into the car, and they speed off. Yeah. All the whilst uh, Saki is trying to trying to buy a car or organize buying a car that she's going to use the money, her share of the money for. Right. Which is this comedic thing that kind of it's a happens throughout back. the movie. Yeah. And then they, they speed off and, and this is where we get some banter between Akira and the others because his foot's bleeding and he's injured and everybody else is celebrating because they got the jewelry. Right. And then they also contact Ramon, who's essentially the local Yakuza man who's buying the jewelry off them. And they they set up a place 
to meet in a time. Yes. Um, an old abandoned, an old abandoned military base in Okinawa. And that's where they head off to. Yeah. And this is where we intercut between them and our military personnel establishing the problem, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Nakata meets with uh, Colonel Colonel uh, McGriff having a photo of Nakata with Dr. Kinderman, the one who died at the beginning. And this is sort of where it's revealed that the DNX thing was was a project that Nakata had started. And this is also where we learn that Nakata is going to speak English for about half of his screen time. And it is. Bordle, it is difficult. Incomprehensible 80% of the time. You have to be focusing to understand what he's saying. I had to listen, like... I had to go back and listen multiple times and I'm still not entirely sure if I heard him correctly. And there's just some words where I could not decipher at all what he was saying. See, this is my second time watching the movie and I feel like I understood it all, but that could simply just be because I understand the story and going in, I knew what, what his character was and what he was doing. Right. Like I can understand certain words. It's just like, there's a couple points where he's genu- it's genuinely incomprehensible what he's saying. Right. Like at certain points I had to, I remember at one point I just went on Google translate and just put that up to the Japanese subs that are like over him. <laughs> and I got a better idea of what he was saying from that. <laughs> yeah. And this is also where we find out that basically the military is going to blackmail him and say that it's his fault if he doesn't help them. Yeah, they're trying to cover up this whole situation. Right, which a lot of people took as them criticizing the U.S. military, especially being in Okinawa. Right, Um, but the director denies any of the social commentary, stating that it's like just a stupid sci-fi horror movie and that the the U.S. military's presence was just so that the audience could, like, suspend their disbelief for the presence of zombies due to, you know, the size of the military in the U.S. (laughs) Right, and I think he said specifically that the Japanese military is lame. Damn. And he, he didn't believe that, like, they're boring, they don't do anything, like, they wouldn't be the ones to, to make it happen. (laughs) Okay, that's kind of funny. But following this, I mean, we're, you know, we get this establishment of of the problem and the the situation for both. Yeah. We cut back to our yakuza? Are they technically yakuza? I don't think they're actually yakuza. I I think that or if if they are yakuza, then they're like the lowest level of yakuza. Cuz one of them, so we cut back to them and they're at the they're at the place. And one of them says, I thought the Yakuza only met in Chinese restaurants. Mm-hmm. Maybe like one of them's, I will, we're, it's I mean, established really that I think. One of them being June, who's kind of like the leader of this group. He's like right, the only one. Right, because he's a wanted man. Has the Yakuza connections. I mean, he's not the only wanted man. The, one of the other guys, Cub, uh, Cub, sorry. He is like wanted 
and he's trying to escape to the Philippines because um, he's wanted for like a uh, pyramid scheme. Right. That's right. So, you know, it I, it's not really well established how they're all connected. Mm. Um, we know that Saki used to work during the sequence. Saki tends. Yeah, she used to be a nurse. She's tending to Akira's foot. Yeah. Where she says that she quit the hospital because a guy was stalking her. And she just wants to get out. Yeah, they also have a bit of uh, banter about like sexism and stuff. Akira's kind of a, a bit sexist, kind of having those traditional Japanese like patriarchal values. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which end up coming back in the ending. <laughs> they do. They do. And then we also have yeah, it's some... not as bad as Gappa. This is true. Gappa was way worse. Gappa was just so bad. It was hilarious. <laughs> but we also, during all of this, um, not only do we get the sexism, but we get some, you know, highly flirtatious moments between Akira and and Saki. And then we get some, some flirtatious moments between Jun and Saki. Yeah. He tries, Saki tries goes, hitting on her, but his advances fail rather miserably. Yeah, because she's she goes off to get some water to tend to the wound. June tries to like June suggests that they should get rid of Akira and Cub. Right. And then they can split it. And she's not about that life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she goes off to find water and he just starts wandering, I guess, technically. If I remember right, he heard like a sound or something and was like, is that you, Cub? It's like he goes exploring and then he sees a a cat that coincidentally just happens to look like Jonesy from Alien. Yeah, yeah. That's that's just a coincidence, you know. And then suddenly a zombie appears out of nowhere. Yeah, its arm bursts through the wall, grabs his head, pulls him back and like a pole stabs through his neck. Which is kind of a reference to Zombie 2. There's a moment where something like that happens mm. um, with one of the side characters and, and an arm coming through the wall and them being impaled by something in the head-neck region. I mean, it's so, pretty standard, like, slasher movie first kill. Right, up right. Because to this point, the film kind of just feels like a slasher movie. It does. And I will say during this part, even with this death, it does slow down a lot. Um, this is probably the most boring part of the film. <laughs> At least for me, because like, yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, we're waiting for the zombies. We're waiting for the Yakuza. We're waiting for the military to do something. We're all waiting. Nothing's happening. Um, eh, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know if it really... S- it's only like a few minutes where it really slows down. Like the sequence. Yeah, the next like, like 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah, it's about 10 minutes where it kind of slows down. This is the part where I feel like it drags the most. Um, outside of this, though, it kind of picks back up. And this movie is, isn't it 83 minutes, I want to say? Yeah, although I I'm think right. there might have, there, there's like an unrated extended cut that exists. It's like 
I want to say like five or 10 minutes longer. Right, right. And because I want to say I read somewhere that there's a 91 minute version. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And this is 83, which Uh, is weird because the DVD promotes it as uncut and unrated. Huh. So I don't know. It's kind of weird. I mean, if 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 there is an unrated cut, then I'd be curious because honestly, the gore in this, uh, if if assuming this is like the R-rated cut on the cut down version, then the gore here is pretty good. Right, right, and I I will say from this moment going forward, it's just trope after trope after trope. <laughs> right. Um, the uh. June screams or yells, and everybody goes looking. They can't find him. They do find a bunch um, of body bags, right? Which we find out that you know the government or they they believe the yakuza was storing them there, right? And then eventually they find June's body, right? Which is being, being eaten by of- zombies, which looks really good. The gore is amazing. The gore is really good. Yeah, the gore is and the zombies look really good. Movie. Like, there's a couple yeah. moments where, like, the only gore effect that I'd say looks a little bit off is occasionally, like, at the beginning, where, like, the zombie queen, as she's sometimes called, is, like, bite, tries biting off, like, the doctor's neck. The gore for that looks a little off, but, like, other than that, the gore in this movie looks great. And right, the, and I think there's some... there's really solid as well. I agree. I agree. But I will say the ending gore with the zombie queen's not the best. That's where it yeah, lacks probably. the most. Um, but no, this all the zombies in this look amazing. The details and they they specifically said the zombies are a lot like that of Zombie nineteen seventy eight, which I can get. Both are very graphic, very detailed, very gore, which I think looks really good. Yeah, some of the ones in this movie remind me of that poster for the film, which is. The entirety of my familiarity with that movie. Right. (laughs) But once they, I mean, they shoot the zombies, they kill them. You know, it's that typical, like, shoot them in the head and they're dead. Right. Hey, that rhymed. Hilarious. And then they, they're running out, you know, they're trying to get away at this point. And, you know, to, to their surprise, they're no longer alone. Yeah. They find the Yakuza, the Yakuza men. (laughs) Which is funny, they try to say they're zombies and they're like, Yeah, no, you're lying. This isn't true. Yeah, you kill you kill June, you just want a pot you just want more of the money. But hey, I don't care. Show show me give me the jewels and I'll give you the money. And to nobody's surprise, there's no money. It was all a setup. Yeah. In the case that they have, they just have an assault rifle. So I mean, this wasn't a huge surprise. Like I said, after after that moment where the zombies really begin being a thing, it's just trope after trope after trope. There's nothing like right, and they remotely already, and the original. already like told you that the yakuza men are not to be trusted, anyways. Right, and it's also worthy to note that the reason the yakuza are in this is because the director did yakuza and crime movies prior to this. So this was a way to keep it in his genre still. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, Cub gets shot and the Ramon gives our characters a warning. If you just leave right now, don't turn back or yeah, don't turn back. You'll live. They, 
They just start laughing at the group. But then June comes back and bites on one of the Yakuza man's neck. <laughs> right. And then this is when everybody knows zombies exist and, and the the plot continues. This is where the movie picks back up for me. Right. And the plot just moves from here. <laughs> um, Saki and Akira run for it while the other Yakuza member with their assault, uh, their machine. Is it a SMG? Um, I, I think some of them have an SMG, I think. And one has an assault rifle, I think. Something like that. But he just kind of blares his gun with bullets going everywhere as they're running away. Which he has awful aiming. He has right. the aiming of a clone as a stormtrooper. Storm yeah. Because, like, it hits everywhere but there. Right. Yeah, I noticed that a couple times where they're just conveniently missing all their shots. Now, I did think it was funny. So, you know, the the one guy goes chasing after them. The one guy is dead. And then the other is left with Ramon. And he shoots. I, is it him or is it Ramon? Somebody, I want to say it was the, the, yeah, it was Ramon's sidekick. He shoots June in the head and it works. Like they're dead and he's like, go after them. And then he's just all alone, which was stupid. Um, and, and really not a smart idea. Also, during this, one of the guys, like, sh- when he's trying to shoot at um, at uh, uh, remaining remaining two jewel uh, thieves, Akira and Saki, he ends up shooting at pretty much every vial of DNX, which conveniently happens to be in the room where all the dead bodies are, thus which reviving conveniently- every single one of them. Right, which somehow turns out to be more than, like, the 10 bodies that are there. It ends up being, like, 35 or 40. Just conveniently. Just conveniently, yeah. All the while, the American military is trying to, like, self-destruct the base, I guess? Yes, from from their headquarters. Which, during all of this, um, the guy with the SMG ends up getting killed by Akira. Right. As they're running away. Um, and this is where the attempt to blow up the base happens. They start the countdown. But, but the zombie, the zombie queen, queen deactivates it and then sends a message. I love you. And from there, we at this point, I think the script does get a little interesting. Um, Because now it's built up enough. That's not just basic. Mm hmm. Right? Because now we have Ramon, who we don't know where he's at. We have the other Yakuza member who is chasing after them. You know, they still have that fear of them being caught. We have Saki and Akira, who, you know, could be a couple. We don't know, but they're, we like, I, at least I did. I like their dynamic. And then we have uh, Nakata, and who's the trying to figure out has some semblance of intelligence. Right. And then we have Nakata who clearly knows what's going on. Um, the military guys don't really matter. <laughs> um, but no, now it's, we have a lot of interesting stuff and I like that. I like where we're going with this film. Um, 
granted, it's still filled. I mean, the zombies waking up is taken out of zombie 1978. Right. Um, but now we do have all the zombies roaming around. So now it's a true, you know, zombies running amok and running loose. So, you know, now now we have kind of the zombie movie we've been waiting for, which a lot of people like I'm I've grown to the point where that doesn't work. It works for two movies and then it's boring. But that's just the problem with zombie movies for me is like zombies are not interesting. Like the zombie queen is interesting that I will give it. I will give it that the zombie queen is an interesting character. But normal zombies just in general have nothing to right. offer that's exciting or new. Right. I mean, it doesn't help that you have been watching a fair few of them. <laughs> right. I found out that I've watched almost 30 Japanese zombie movies. Yeah. That might contribute to your feelings, your indifference a bit. Right. Because I've, I mean, and like I've seen a handful of other ones on primarily i've seen two of the george romero movies and whatnot and it's it's i mean night of the living dead is basically what uh all zombie movies are and there's not really a lot that's different i mean i know there's a movie called village of the damned which has to do with i want to say it was radiation transforming people into these walking zombies um which is a little interesting, like, you know, the fear of the bomb and whatnot. But in general, like, it's not, there's not a lot. It's it's kind of boring. Um, For me, like, the most interesting thing about Night of the Living Dead was the racial, like, the criticism against racial, I don't know if it was a critical outlook, but, like, some of the imagery in, in Night of the Living Dead was oddly like reminiscent of, of things people would do back then that was not good and very racist. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, they were doing that to the zombies, which are the villains. So I don't know if that's really a good thing that they were doing that. I don't know. It's been a little bit since I've seen Night of the Living Dead, but I just remember like being like, huh. This is kind of oddly familiar to some photos I've seen in other imagery. But like this, like junk, it's it's just dead corpses came back to life with goo. Right. And, you know, if you get bitten by them, you turn into them. Right. And that's it. Right. I mean, that's kind of my main issue with this film is that while like it's it's tropey, but it doesn't really do anything particularly new with its tropes doesn't subvert any like expectations really the only like the interesting elements like say the zombie queen don't really go anywhere that's terribly new or interesting right it's not necessarily that it's bad it's just doesn't go anywhere like terribly fresh or new or interesting right it's it's uninteresting it's not bad it's just uninteresting right and the zombie queen doesn't really become a relevant thing until near the end until yeah the last i want to say 10 minutes yeah last like 10 15 ish minutes or so yeah but we're getting ahead of ourselves there 
Saki and Akira end up, you know, devising a plan of they're going to go back. They're going to get the jewels. They're going to get them. They're going to sell them. They're going to make the money. Right. And they're going to get out of here. He gets eaten by some zombies, which was a lot earlier than I expected him to get killed, honestly. I thought he was going right. to stay the villain until like at least like the last like 20, 25 minutes. Right. And even so, I thought it was kind of stupid. He doesn't even aim for the heads. He shoots them in the body, but he should know it's the head because he's seen that it's the head that kills them. Um, He calls for his like his hench. <laughs> Maybe. He calls for his henshin. His henshin. Henshin. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Is he a common writer? <laughs> He calls for his henchmen to, you know, come and save him, which by the time he gets there is too late. And I'm pretty sure they kill him pretty quick. Like yeah. once he arrives one there. Of the zombies that kills him is his henchman. Right. Um, and sadly, he gets eaten off screen. Yeah. And, at, you know, at this point, it's like, OK, so the zombies are the only problem now. The Yakuza are completely out of it. Um. Now it's just we're following Saki and Akira trying to get out of the zombie apocalypse and the military people trying to find a way to blow up the base. Yeah, and speaking um, of which, Doc, uh, Dr. Nakata and one other random military guy are getting on a helicopter to go to the military base. Which they didn't get approval to do that, they just did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the colonel is rather confused, but just lets them go eventually. Right. So then they're off on their way during all of this. um, Saki and Akira go to retrieve the diamond or the jewelry. Um, It's on Ramon. Who's now a zombie. She ends up killing Ramon, the zombie version and getting the jewels, which was a satisfying death for him. I'm glad it was. It was. (laughs) If he's not going to get eaten by zombies, at least let her kill his zombie. Right. And then from here, you know, it becomes just your typical zombie, you know, Survival. attacking people movie. Yeah. Um, But I did want to like at this point was when I really wanted to I started to appreciate like the this was all on location. They didn't film in studio. This mm. was all on location. And it is a great location. It looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah. It looks really nice. And it fits the movie as well. It's grungy. It's dirty. It's kind of claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like, I thought it was a really good on-location sequence. It's hard to find stuff like that. But this this worked out really well. Yeah. And then this is where it gets a little I, I honestly at this point I was getting a little annoyed because following this Saki um she falls through the flo- uh, through the floor. Yeah. And Akira like goes to find her but can't locate her even though she's like 20 like feet away and her phone's ringing. Yeah. Like he should have heard her but he just runs away, gets in the car and leaves. But as he's getting in the car, the military shows up. Uh, Dr. Nakata and the military guy, Davis, they walk in. Yeah. Nikata and he just saves, leaves. Nakata saves Saki in the nick of time as she's cornered by a bunch of zombies. Which suddenly the movie becomes really action-packed and like... Right. Nakata like has explosions. a great grenade launcher on his assault rifle. <laughs> it was crazy. 
Nakata is just a soldier in this. <laughs> he just this doctor just becomes a soldier. Yeah, because he's I mean, he he's like a computer guy. He created the zombie apocalypse. He can speak dual languages. He knows how to use a weapon. He uses grenade launchers and fire and creates fire and, and saves Saki. And like, it's like, what can't this guy do at this point? Mm-hmm. You see, the only things he can't do is what the p- plot demands him not to. Right. Because after this, uh, Saki and Nakata talk about how he needs to destroy the base, which couldn't they just send a missile? You know, I didn't think about that, but yeah. Why didn't they do that? Would- <laughs> that would have been easier. And probably Throw a missile on the helicopter they flew up on, launch it, and less boom, expensive, you're done. Probably. Oh, okay. Actually, no. Missiles are quite expensive, actually. Yeah, and the fuel for the helicopter. But, I mean, it would have been easier. It would have been yeah. easier than going in and, like, killing the zombies and probably having to pay insurance on the people who die. Right. But, I digress. <laughs> it's a zombie movie. Yeah. They don't think about the plot. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a stupid zombie movie with no social commentary. This is true. So while Nakata and Saki are together, Davis finds the main room and starts to, like, the self-destruct stuff. But the zombie queen appears and and murders him, as to be expected. Mm -hmm. Uh, Saki also gets contact with... Akira, and he turns back. The zombie queen finally decides to put on clothes because it's just finally random a random leather jacket and boots just strewn about in the laboratory for some reason. As you do, yeah, just a just a leather jacket on some seemingly important items. There, and this is where Doctor Nakata finally comes across the zombie queen. And this is where it's also revealed that said zombie queen was his deceased wife, Kyoko. Who Who died in a car wreck. Yeah. And he wanted to bring her back to life. And this is why he did his research, but it ended up not working in his favor. Yeah. And, And thus he left the project, but the American military decided to continue anyways leading to the rest of the film. Which I feel like I've heard this before. I feel like this is a story right. trope I've it's recently pretty, seen. I mean, it's fairly generic story, all things considered. Like, I was interested in the whole intelligent zombie thing, but it kind of, again, nothing particularly new or interesting done with it that you haven't seen right. before. So, during this whole moment where Nakata and, and Kyoko interact it and Nakata ends up dying his head gets cut off and yeah and she starts eating him and this is where Saki and Nakata inter, you know finally finally cross paths 
in a moment where I mean, I love the backlighting. The backlighting is really good. Um, the zombie queen walks in with backlighting, um, kind of like a dramatic reveal, almost kind of like the alien queen and in, in Ripley and the power loader, like when that <laughs> kind of occurs. And then from here, we get a little, little uh, fight between the two. Yep. Kyoko clearly knows that the keys are for the self-destruct and the only person yeah. standing in her way is Saki. Um, Saki does try to kill her with, you know, shooting her in the head, but it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And you get a Blade Runner tribute there when she gets shot in the head and dies like one of the replicants in that movie. But then she just comes back to life again with white hair. Yeah, this is where she kind of... so. This is starting to be kind of like, so the white hair specifically, like, reminds me of, like, a cat ghost. Right. Um, And even, like, her face, like, the, the makeup turns white. Right. Um, With the I mean, eyeliner. Already, her face was already gray with the makeup, but now her eyes also seem to be a bit more, like, lighter. Right. And she starts, like, doing martial arts moves and whatnot, <laughs> right. which reminds me of lo- a lot of, like, the ghost cat from a haunted Turkish bathhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, it's kind of like, okay, this is no longer... She's no longer a zombie. She's more of a Yuri, which is interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> um, this is where it... Like, this is where the obvious Japanese comes in. Mm-hmm. It's not your typical zombie finale because the typical zombie finale would be the horde finally reaching your main characters and your main characters fighting them off or I mean, succumbing this is kinda, to their doom. This is kind of more like your slasher movie routine with Saki being the final girl. And right. like the Kyoko the zombie queen being your Jason Voorhees or your Freddy Krueger. Right. But they do a little bit of a spin on this. Akira comes in and uh, does slice Kyoko slashes for like the remaining side character to help out. This is true. This is true. But like Akira like slices Kyoko in half. Right. Kyoko also has like maggots in her body. And when Akira slices her in two, just starts puking milk. (laughs) Which... Following this, doesn't Saki shoot Kyoko again? Uh, she tries taking the keys out of Kyoko's, like, intestines. <laughs> she then, uh, you know, they activate the self-destruct and try to get out. But then Kyoko's upper half comes back and tries to tries to kill Sa- uh, Akira. But then they just... Saki just throws her into like a like electricity, like a generator or something, and yeah, it blows her up with that. It's also worthy to note the half Kyoko is the worst effect in the movie. Yeah, I've seen worse, so so it's not it's it's not terrible. It's just it's just it's the worst in the movie. Sure, yeah, sure. So. I mean, following that, we get the cliche of at the end of any 90s monster movie, 
something blows up. Yeah, you gotta escape um, the explosion just in the nick of time. So Saki and Akira run through a window and jump out as the explosion occurs. They would not have survived that if this was real life. And they somehow end up in the river next to the Yep. The facility. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty poor explosion. I mean like we get like a brief shot of like the building outside and then the explode and then we just have a flash and cut to a completely different area exploding. Like I get right, it, the- but <laughs> Low budget, the movie, joy budget movie, but you know, yeah. So following this, don't we cut away from our main characters and go back to the military base? Yeah, with the colonel talking about how they've covered it all up and that they're going to continue with the. So there experiment. could be a sequel, but it never happened. Right, but I I did go digging and I found out that the director did want to make a movie with the working title of junk two, mm-hmm. it was going to follow the, uh, Saki and Akira, like f- directly from the end of the movie, making off with the car and the U S experimenting continuing that he, it was just going to be a straight up continuation. Um, he actually hoped that when junk hit like the United States, there would be enough buzz that like a U.S. company would back it and like finance it. But that, that yeah, never we're still did just happen. Obscure, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. It. Uh, I don't I mean, think it got as popular as he thought it would. Yeah. <laughs> like even by our standards, this film is quite obscure. Right, because I mean, we. I mean, we were able to find a ton of info on Stacy, but. I struggled. Like, if if it wasn't for the press release kit that was included on my DVD, I wouldn't have been able to find half this information. Right, yeah, no, exactly. And what information is out there, there are a few, like, minor mistakes made in in it, because I know there's one thing that says that filming was in early 2000, which doesn't make sense because it came out in January of 2000. So unless they filmed for two weeks and then edited everything and got it done and then put it out in theaters and cut a trailer and did a marketing, that's impossible. Right. Filmmaking on crack. <laughs> but yeah, we, we go back to Saki and Akira and they're just walking up out of the water. And somehow the car dealer salesman from earlier shows up with the corvette in the exact place they need to be yeah akira called him and was like he'll come anywhere if you pay double continuing the running gag of the car dealer trying to rip them rip saki off (laughs) she's like we can't afford it and akira tells her that there's there's a nice little way to buy a car at the lowest possible price and then he proceeds to beat up the car dealer. And then we get a callback to the whole women or passengers statement from earlier. Yep. With Saki getting in the, which this doesn't really help the whole Sigourney Weaver Ripley thing. Cause Ripley's a, yeah, you know, she would, she would drive that car. Yeah. But movie's going to movie, I guess. <laughs> 
I, I guess it's, I guess that's meant to be an arc. I guess. I feel like that's regression and not right. progression. But nonetheless, they drive off into the sunset and the movie ends. Yeah. I mean, it's, I will give it this. It is a fun movie. It has some, some great gore, some great stuff. Um, it's not too terribly long. There is that 10 minute lull in the middle, but it doesn't like, that's only 10 minutes out of the 83 minute movie. Um, and there's two minutes of credits. So it's really only 81 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not like awful. It's definitely not awkward and like all over the place. Like Stacy was, um, it's, but like you said, it's, there's nothing new really right. in this movie. Right. It doesn't um, subvert your expectations like, say, uh, One Cut of the Dead did. Right. And I will say this. It does not feel like a movie that came out after Ring. No. No. This feels like a 1980s J-horror, like, V-Cinema release. Mm-hmm. At least for me. Like, it, it felt straight up just like a 1980s horror movie. Mm. Yeah. Do you have anything else left to say on the film? Or do you think we should sort of transition into our ranking? Um, I think before we transition to ranking, I should uh, give you a rundown of the cast and the crew. Oh, that's right. How could I forget? Yeah. So starting with our director, who also was one of the co-writers, Atsushi Moroga. He did a lot of Yakuza crime movies. He didn't do any zombie or like tokusatsu science fiction kaiju j-horror movies after this your Mm -hmm. other co-writers that didn't do anything really outside of this was jb baker who probably wrote the english yoko katsuragi and emiko tarao so there was four writers on this movie somehow somehow and i have a feeling that's why the the zombie queen got shafted like she did Mm. maybe your special effects was by Masami Kobayashi, who was also did the effects for Armed Samurai Zombie, the uh, Ryue Kitamura uh, produced, I want to say, or written, Ryue Kitamura written movie mm. um, directed by Takasaguchi from 2008. Right. And he's also worked on some uh, uh, Beat Takeshi movies like Sonatine and Boiling, Boiling Point as well. And then your composer, you had Goro Yatsukawa, who, get this, did the music for Common Rider The Next, Dororo, Dororor, Yo-Yo Girl Cop, Common Rider The First, Devil Man, the live-action movie, and Moonchild. <laughs> Damn. As for your cast, you had Karori Shimamura, who played Saki, Yuji Kishimoto, who played Nakata, who was in Mechanical, Mechanical Violator Hekaider. Mm-hmm. Ebara Shu, uh, Shu Ebara, who played Akira, was in High School Girl Zombie and the Ryue Kitamura film Love Death. Mew, who played Queen. Tate Gata, who played Ramon, was in Devil Man, Zebra Man, and Ryue Kitamura's Alive. Kotaro Tanaka, who played Toraji, Mashihiko Matsushita, 
who played Onmaru, Nobuyuki Asano, who played Jun, Yoshifumi Shigemura, who played Cub, Yoji Tsukashi, who played Nekayoshi, Tetsuya Kadoya, who played the car dealer, and Patrick Jones, who played Sergeant Davis. So there wasn't a lot of big names in here. You just had Yuji Kashimoto, uh, right. Shu Abera, and Tate Gata. Right. I mean, I think a few, a few of the cast members were like friends of, uh, yes, of Atsushi Moroga. Like Kaori Shimamura, I believe, was one of his friends, and she's in a couple of his other movies, like Gun Crazy. Yes. Yes. They. Uh, they appeared in all like most of his other work, and so he ended up, uh, you know, bringing them back for these roles. And for uh, Queen Miao Miao Miao, this was her first uh, and I think only role. Damn. So <laughs> there was a lot of first timers and a lot of one and doneers. Yeah, in this movie. <laughs> so that's all I've got. Right. So, does that mean we are going on to our ranking? It is. And something tells me that we're going to be pretty... In agreement, pretty... I think. Yeah, so why don't we start with our number three? Yes. We'll say them at the same time. We'll see if we're on the same, uh, same wavelength. Page. Yeah. So on three. One, two, three... Stacy Attack of the Schoolgirl school Zombies. Okay. So far, we're in agreement. That movie's weird and creepy and doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Very Number two. On, and yeah. On the count of three, number two. One, two, three. Junk. junk. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a decent zombie movie. It's competent. It's fun. But there's... Nothing spectacular about it. Right. And then at number one, on the count of three, one, two, three, one one cut cut of the dead. dead. (laughs) I mean, mean, one cut of the dead is amazing. One cut of the dead, there's a reason it's the most well-known film (laughs) out of this this list. There's a good reason for it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to top that one. Like, that was probably, that's that's probably one of the best just Japanese movies I've watched. Mm-hmm. It, it's so definitely one I of, like, the most memorable, especially yeah. of, like, modern Japanese cinema. Wholeheartedly agree. So we'll see if next week's episode, the film of that. I'm curious week. if we'll, I'm curious where, if we'll differ on that one. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. We'll see. We'll see. It'll it'll be difficult. We don't know the title, obviously. Wink, uh, wink, no, 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 I don't know it. But we'll we'll see what uh what ends up happening. I mean, honestly, Junk is a surprisingly decent zombie movie, right? Like, overall, it, it was much more enjoy. It was much more enjoyable than Stacy because I actually enjoyed yes. it. And you know, yes, it, it actually. You know, Stacy was very boring. From the first twenty-five minutes of Stacy, I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm kind of feeling a bit done." Why is there like fifty-five more minutes of this movie? 
Whereas junk, I feel like it it, it gets the ball rolling pretty early on, and you know it's fairly consistently entertaining. I mean, I guess one thing that I do kind of like is that sort of it's got a very similar tone and feel to like the early Resident Evil games. Mm-hmm. It's it's got it's cheesy, but it feels it feels genuine. It, it yeah. doesn't feel f- like like it's trying to be cheesy it it just it doesn't feel like it's trying to be cheesy to like i don't know how to describe it um i guess it's just i can it feels more natural rather than force in its cheese i guess i would agree with that i would agree with that yeah i mean i that's about all i got I don't really right. have anything else. I don't think there's really a huge amount to really that you can really say in this film. Right, I feel like we've covered it pretty well. Like there's that's that pretty well sums up this. I would recommend this to anybody who's wanting to watch more Japanese uh zombie movies. See, I would I would I don't know if it's it's not a movie I would like crazily like like I wouldn't recommend to someone like, oh, you need to go out of your way to see this film. But like, if you want, if you're just in the mood for like a Japanese zombie film, it it's a better option than Stacy. <laughs> it's it's a far better option than Stacy. So take that for what you will. Right, and that's like if somebody's wanting to see this movie, or if like if somebody were to go up to me and say. I want a Japanese movie. What would you rec a Japanese uh zombie movie? What would you recommend? This would not be my first pick. Right. This would not evidently, be my first pick. Based on their ranking, very evidently. But I will I would say if you want a pretty basic movie, but a decent zombie film, this is a adequate movie to to watch i wouldn't recommend this to someone who hasn't at least sat through like a couple japanese zombie films and isn't already familiar with japanese cinema right (laughs) no i i fully agree with that well have we have we hit the the end of this discussion? I, I, I think so. I don't know if there's really much else that we can say. Okay. Well, I guess uh, I guess this is where we wrap things up here. So, if you guys have enjoyed listening to us, maybe you want to check us out. So, Rex, why don't you let the listeners know where they can find you at? Oh, gladly. Dear listeners, you can find me on YouTube at Rexino, on Twitter at Rex underscore Xenomorph, and on Instagram, Rex underscore Xeno. And if you want to check out some of my writing, go take a look at the Tokusatsu Network. And as for me, hello, my name's Elijah. You can find me on YouTube at ET13Productions, on Twitter at ET13Productions, or on Instagram at ET13Productions. My YouTube channel will have my short films that I've been, I've worked on and whatnot. If you want to check out, like, my thoughts or, like, some news that I post about or just updates on what I'm doing, that's what my Twitter's for. 
you want to check out my toy photography, that's what my Instagram's for. I'm also a writer for Kaiju United. Um, my first article should have already went live by this point, so definitely check that out at kaijuunited.com. Outside of that, I am a co-host of the Monsters with Attitude YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Monsters with Attitude, and you can go hop in our Facebook group, Monsters with Attitude, and check out stuff. Um, that's where I post a lot of my uh, like new acquisitions, new purchases for my for my collection, all that good jazz. Um, I hop on the streams every once in a while and talk about kaiju and tokusatsu and all the good stuff. So that's something you're interested in. Definitely check that out. I also have written about Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster in the book Giant Bug Cinema, a Monster Kid's Guide, a book you can find on Amazon. And outside of that, I believe that's everything I do now. So that's pretty exciting. I hope to uh, market a few things here in the coming months. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. So definitely uh, check those out if you're interested. But as for the podcast, don't forget to write us on iTunes. That boosts our ratings and helps us get recommended to more people just like you. If you don't have an Apple device, which I don't blame you, I don't. Actually, that's a lie. I'm using a MacBook right now. I'm looking at the MacBook Pro like text on my, my laptop. I apologize for that. But you can rate us on Spotify. That's something we greatly appreciated. Somebody recently left us a five-star review. Thank you so much. We highly appreciate it. If you want to stay up to date with all things Kaiju Conversation related, follow us on Twitter at K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-V-E-R-S. If you don't have Twitter, you can follow us on Instagram or like us on Facebook at the same handle. If you're like me before podcasting and you don't have any social media, lucky you. You can email us at kaijuconversation at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word, you know the drill. And as always, we'll read your reviews on air for everyone to hear. We also have a Teespring store. Eventually, we'll have original artwork on there, but until then, you can sport our awesome logo on a t-shirt or maybe even on a coffee mug. If you'd like to chat with us, check out our Discord server full of others that have similar interests to you. Recently, it looks like there was a discussion about Godzilla Earth, Godzilla Ultima, and the MonsterVerse in their iterations of The King of the Monsters. It's a great community full of great people having tons of great conversations on all of the tokusatsu topics. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell so you can be notified anytime we upload a video. We sometimes post exclusives to the channel like bloopers for episodes or minisodes talking about news or other subjects. We also have an interview with Mechagodzilla designer Jared Kurchevsky on the channel and a video interview with... Andrew L. Phillips of director, writer, and editor of Kaiju Island of Fire on there. Great interview. I highly recommend it. Go check it out. As do I. And a huge thanks to Rex for editing all of these episodes and all the other content we upload. His links can be found in the description below. Along with Rex, we'd like to give a huge thanks and shout out to Danny DeManna of the Godzilla Novelization Project for his amazing vocals on our theme song. You can support him by following him on Twitter at Danzilla93 underscore GNP or visit his website, GodzillaNovelizationProject.com. And a huge thanks to Grattan Conwell from the podcast Giant Monster BS for composing the music for our theme song. You can support him by following the podcast on Twitter at Giant Monster BS or on any podcast platform under the name Giant Monster BS. 
And with that, we're going to wrap things up here. So thank you guys so much for listening in to this October as we cover Zombie Month. It's been a lot of fun, and I appreciate all of you guys listening. So thank you guys. And as always, please remember, life's too short to not talk big. Bye, guys. Bye. We are set. We are in debt. There's nothing to sweat. Life's too short now, baby. Too now.